Good day. We are now beginning or continuing with our discussions on the Parsha of Shalach for the series known as Shnayim Mikro. We have reached Shishi. Today we will study the sixth in the series from Shishi to Shivi'i. Brief summary. We studied in great detail at some length the story of the Miraglim and its tragic ending. Then the Torah shifted gears and addressed us to a specific set of rules about Karbonos, namely the fact that every Karbon, depending upon the size of the animal, young sheep or goat, older sheep or goat, or cow or ox, you would have to bring a correspondingly small, then middle-sized, then larger, accompanying Karbonos of uh, meal offerings mixed well, balul, with oil, and yayin and wine. Now we go to another specific mitzvah. This one is not necessarily uh, constrained or limited just to karbonos, just to sacrifices, and it is the mitzvah which is known popularly as the mitzvah of challah. And God said to Moshe as follows, So again, there's a connection. Just as the Korban Mincha and Yayin, which accompanied the Korban, was preceded by a Posuk, Perek Tesvav, Posuk Aleph, which assured the Jewish people that despite the fact that they were now condemned for 40 years of wandering in the desert, they one day would come into Eretz Yisrael and one day would be able to bring Karbonos there. Here too, the Torah tells us the good news that we will come into Eretz Yisrael and when we come, bivoachem, and as Rashi points out, unlike other types of mitzvos which depended on uh, which, which were postponed until the land was conquered and possessed, this one, as soon as you enter, Achem, as soon as you enter Eretz Royal, you have the following mitzvah, and that is, when you eat bread of the land of Israel, you must take a bit of it and raise it up to God. When you have a dough, and you mix dough of a certain quantity, then you must take the first of that dough, some of that dough, and you must bring it as a loaf, a special loaf, given away, lifted up and given away. Just as you give truma at the granary and on the farm, when you have grain, not yet flour, not yet bread, you take some of it and give it as truma to the Kohen. So too, when you have dough close to the finished product, you take some of it and give it as chala slash truma to the Kohen. You don't give all of it, you give of it, of the first of it. Titnu Lashem Truma, you give it to Hashem, the Doro Sechem, for all generations. 
Notice the Torah does not here specify here that it's given to the Kohen, but it does say it's like Trumas Goren, and we know that Truma is given to the Kohen. The connection here between the mitzvah of Chala and the uh, story of the Meraglim is one that's interesting to speculate on, and the Svarno writes as follows: After the sin of the Meraglim, it was not only necessary to bring the korban mincha and the yai and the minchas nesochim, but it was also necessary for God to give the mitzvah of chalo. So that through this, blessing would be brought upon the Jewish household. There was a cloud, so to speak, that was um, that covered us, that in a sense, I don't want to use the word cursed us, but, but made it difficult for us to receive blessing. And that's the cloud that um, came about through the negativity of the Miraglim. To dispel that cloud, you had to have brocha, blessing, and one way to to um, channel that blessing is through the mitzvah of challah. Now, the mitzvah of challah is one, there's an entire mesecht of Mishnayis, which goes into the details of it, and many of the details are relevant even today and even outside of Eretz Yisrael. We do not have the time to go into those specific details here, We've simply laid out the basics of the mitzvah as they appear here in Torah Shebiksav. Then the Torah shifts gears once again and gives us another type of korban which we did not know about before. And this is a special korban which is brought when erroneously the Jews have been taught that a certain type of idol worship is permissible. If by mistake, you do not do as kol and Rashi and Chazal understand this to mean you violate a mitzvah which is equivalent to all the other mitzvot, namely avodah You violate the prohibition against idolatry. You violate this mitzvah, which is a fundamental mitzvah, which God commanded you for all time and eternity. The eyes of the congregation, meaning the leaders of the congregation, the Sanhedrin, um, erroneously taught that a certain type of worship is permissible, and it really is not. It really is idolatry. Then the entire congregation, notice again, the entire congregation must bring a par, a cow, ben bokor echod la'olo l'reach nichoach l'ashem, they must bring two korbanos. One is a cow 
brought as an ola, a burnt offering, and that cow must be accompanied by the mincha and nisochim, which we studied earlier, the meal offering and the wine, kamishpot, as specified earlier. And also, what has to be brought as a sin offering is a goat. Now, interestingly enough, the word sin offering here is spelt chet, tet, taf, instead of the usual chet, tet, aleph, taf. Rashi picks up on it, of course, quoting the Gemara, and says that this korban chatos, this sin offering, is different from all the others. Because in all other cases, the sin offering is offered first, and then the burnt offering. Here, the opposite is true. First, the ola has to be miratze, and then the sin offering. Notice, here too, we're not speaking about individual people. We're speaking about a sin where everybody fell into a trap based upon the error of the Sanhedrin, of the leaders. And therefore the Kohen comes and must bring a kapora, must bring about forgiveness and atonement for everyone. So that they be forgotten. Because after all, it was all a mistake. It was erroneous ruling by the Sanhedrin. As atonement, they have brought the Korban Ola and the Korban Chatos. And then a Pasuk, which is familiar to us, it's incorporated in the liturgy, in the davening on the night of Yom Kippur. All the Jewish people and the Geirim, the strangers living among them, will all be forgiven. Because after all, everyone sinned erroneously, did not sin intentionally. There's numerous parallels here between the Parsha of the Meraglim. There's the fact that it's Kol Ho'eda, as I've been emphasizing, and there's the ultimate Slicha V'chapora, there's the ultimate forgiveness, which we studied about in the context of the Meraglim, where the Rebbe Shlalom forgave us. There, however, the forgiveness was contingent upon a punishment, the wandering in the desert. Here, the forgiveness is total. It's not contingent, because here it was done unintentionally. Done unintentionally needs forgiveness, but the forgiveness is total, the Slate is mechupar, it's wiped clean. And so we have reached Shavi'i and finished the sixth of our seven lectures or lecturettes on Parshas Sholach.